Wood and what I want you to do, I want you to preach the same night. So I'll be preaching and then my brother will be preaching behind me. And uh, his son was in the vehicle with him and he heard the phone conversation. He said, man, he said, his brother Shortridge lost his mind. He said, what are you talking about? He said, wanting both of y'all to preach the same night? Both of y'all is long-winded. So <clears throat> he said, I tell you right now, I said, I ain't going. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> we're looking forward to the good things of God. And uh, so uh, I am, <clears throat> me and my two girls are surviving the past uh, two nights, three, two nights. Seems like it's been a week, but uh, my wife and two oldest girls are up in Virginia, and uh, then they're going to Washington, D.C., and to see the sights there. Don't be gone a couple of weeks. I told her that wasn't fair. I've never even been hunting and left her two weeks by herself. But uh, anyway, so I ask the Lord to protect them. Brother Duplessis is in Arkansas today preaching. So I ask the Lord to bless the services there in Guy, Arkansas. So he'll be coming home tomorrow. And uh, we are looking forward. She is uh, <clears throat> she's going to uh, to visit Washington. And I'm sure everybody in Washington and all those that at uh, the Congress and the Senate and the President and all those uh, White House staff members are all prepared for them to make their grand entrance into Washington. I was in uh, Austin the other day and I went into uh, Governor Perry's office and I told them I was looking around. They said, could I help you? I said, yeah, tell the governor I stopped by to see him. And uh, he wasn't impressed, and they wasn't impressed. But anyway, so uh, ask the Lord to protect them, give them a safe trip. If you have your Bibles today, turn to Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10, verse number 35. And for all of you that enjoy those quite peaceful services, this one is for you. <laughs> we're having a very quiet, peaceful service today. And uh, so we, <laughs> we are, uh, my, my father-in-law, when I'm gone, I call to check on services, and he says, you wouldn't like it. You wouldn't have liked it. I said, well, what do you mean I wouldn't have liked it? He said, because it was quiet and nobody was swinging from the chandeliers. Nobody screamed or hollered or jumped or turned cartwheels, so you wouldn't like it. Well, I, I, I tell you what. That's not all there is to church, but I like all that God has for us. And I know this, that the devil would like us to be quiet whenever he can get us to be quiet. But we got a God that is an exciting God, a God that is a victorious God, a God that is a mighty God and worthy of all of our praises. Amen. So I want to give him the honor and the praise that he is due. Hebrews chapter 10, verse number 35 reading 35 through 38, Cast not away therefore your confidence, which hath great recompense of reward. For they have need of patience, for ye have need of patience, that after ye have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. For ye yet a little while, and he that shall come, will come, and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back, my soul 
shall have no pleasure in him. The scripture says, for ye have need of patience, that after ye have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. Then it says, for yet a little while, and he that shall come will come and will not tarry. The scripture goes on to say, but if any man draw back, my soul have no pleasure in him. And so, I want to try my best to teach a little while this morning, probably more in a teaching mode than a preaching mode, but I want to teach about the principles of patience. And you can be seated. Principles of patience. <clears throat> patience is something that is very important today. And... Uh, I believe that, that it is something that we all have need of. And uh, it is something that all of us should be striving for. Um, patience is not one of my great uh, virtues. I'm not a very patient person. Uh, the Lord helps me with patience, thank God. But naturally... I am a person that pretty much enjoys being in a hurry and uh, don't like to wait too much. But since I have married into the Duplessis family, none of them are here this morning, so I have free liberty. I have uh, learned a lot of patience. My, um, I used to... Uh, I can remember sitting down to eat with Brother Harlan's dad, Brother Dewey's dad, um, extremely slow eater. And I would, I would watch him how he would eat. I can remember we, we went to a Mexican restaurant one night and they had menudo soup. My father-in-law him like menudo soup. I don't understand why people eat some of the things that they do, but they do. And uh, it is a huge bowl. I mean, it is a huge bowl. And I can remember them setting that bowl in front of him. I guess it took close to two hours. And I'm not exaggerating. And I'm not speaking evangelistically either. Um... Two, close to two hours to eat that bowl of soup. I was saying, man, don't you, you want to take some home with you? <laughs> uh, but he ate it all. And uh, I'm, I'm on my father-in-law. As he gets older, uh, he seems to get slower. And uh, <clears throat> I, I, told, I tell him we're, we're walking into a place, and I'll say, come on. I'm going as fast as I can go. And I'll say, well, you know, we got other things to do today. I said, you're acting like, dude, you're just getting slower and slower and slower. He, I said, you remember how slow you think that he used to be? I said, you have arrived at that place. Maybe not quite that slow, but it amazes me that, that, uh, <laughs> he come in Friday and, uh, we, I, I was in the church, uh, taking care of some business and, uh, he comes in, he says, are you ready to go? I said, I'll be ready in a few minutes. He said, well, 
I'm ready to go. And I said, well, I'll be ready in a few minutes. Just hang on just a little bit. Well, I thought you was ready to go. I said, I will be in a few minutes. It's amazing to me how his patience is not well when it's on the other foot. I said, all the hours that I have spent waiting on you, you can spend a few minutes waiting on me. But his rank and age, I think, comes into play with that. So he thinks he outranks me. And uh, so, anyway, patience is not something that is easy to be produced. It is something uh, that you have to work on. And uh, God seen that I needed to have more patience, and He blessed me with a wife, and then He blessed me with four wonderful daughters. I tell you what, brother, you don't get ready in a hurry. You start planning in advance. And all the hair combing and the hair going on, the hairspray of flying. You can't even breathe in my house when they start getting dressed due to the chemicals that are in the air. And um, <clears throat> you walk across the floor and your feet stick to the floor. I'm keeping uh, hairspray... People in business, I guarantee you. They won't have to worry about going under in this economy as long as, as I've got money in my pocket because we buy that stuff, I guarantee you that. And uh, so the Lord has worked in different measure on patience in my life. Patience is something that is important to have. Um, we are to have having so great, great, we, we need patience in having such a great fight and sufferings to pass through our lives. They so, uh, are, are, that are, that God has furnished the grace, but we must exercise the grace that is there. God, the, the grace, our principle and patience comes from God. That's where it comes from. And some of us need to pray uh, desperately for more patience. But patience and grace comes from God. But we must use it and exercise the patience and the grace that God provides to us. Here we must be workers together with God in patience and perseverance, which are, uh, they have a lot of the same qualities and same meanings. Uh, the first thing is patience in suffering that I would like to talk about this morning. James chapter 5, uh, the, the Scripture says, Behold, we count them happy which endure. Ye have heard of the patience of Job, and have seen the end of the Lord that the Lord is very pitiful and tender mercies. Job was patient in suffering, and he won the approval and blessings of God through his trust and determination. It is important in sufferings that we learn how to be patient with God. We often get in a hurry, and we often want to get the cart before the horse, so to speak. And uh, we often want to push God and say, come on God, 
I need it now. God, I've got to have it right now. God, I can't stand this suffering any longer. But there is times where we have to place it in the hand of God and say, God, You just work it out. You just take care of it. And you move in the situation. Job realized in his suffering that he was not able to fix his problem. That Job was not able to remove his suffering. So he just relied upon God and had patience with God and, and learned how to take the daily task that was at hand. Job chapter 13 and verse number 15, the scripture says, Though he slay me, this is what Job made reference to, this statement that he made, Though he slay me, yet will I trust him, but I will maintain mine own ways before him. We should also be patient in suffering. We should look for the purpose and seek to glory by God through it. Look for the purpose. There is things that happen in our life that is hard to find the purpose. That is hard to find the reasoning behind what is going on. Tragedy that strikes our life. It is very difficult to find a purpose for that. To find the plan and the will of God in that. Things that come against us in our daily walk with God. It is difficult at times to find why so much suffering? Why so much tragedy? Why so much heartache? Why so much disappointment? But if we would look to God instead of griping and complaining and murmuring against the trouble and against the trial and against the situations that would occur in our life. Look for the purpose in the problem. Amen. With every, every problem, there is a solution. Amen. With every trial, there is a victory. The scripture says that with every temptation, God has already made a way of escape. And there is a reason why you're suffering like you're suffering today. There is a plan and God's plan. Now sometimes we take it out of God's plan and we take it into our own hands and we start moving in our own way, in our own direction, and in our own will, trying to speed up the process because we are lacking in patience. But if we be patient with God, as Job was patient with God. Did Job get upset? Yes, he got upset. Did Job have difficulty understanding the problem? Yes, he had difficulty understanding the problem. But he said, God, no matter how long it takes, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Amen. It doesn't matter if he works out the problem when I think that he ought to or not. I'm still going to serve God. Amen. I'm still going to remain faithful to God. I'm still going to keep my confidence in God because God has helped me to have patience in Him. Amen. Amen. With every temptation, there is a way of escape. 
with every problem, God's already got an escape route figured out. But what you have got to do is stay in the plan of God. Let God work it out. Amen. Let God move you into the place that God wants you to be. Then the second thing, we must have patience in suffering. Amen. The Scripture said in Psalms chapter 40 and verse number 1 and 2, I waited patiently for the Lord, and He inclined unto me and heard my cry. He brought me up also out of an horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock and established, established my goings. Jesus was a man of sorrow. Jesus, He bore deception. He bore disgrace and even death. But He had patience and compassion and forgiveness. Amen. Learning how to have patience in sorrow. There is things there in you that are suffering loss today. This is so, uh, uh, so close to you today that has suffered loss this week with the loss of a loved one. That in the midst of sorrow, we must wait patiently upon the Lord. Amen. Don't get in a hurry for God to remove the grief. Amen. Don't get in a hurry for God to remove all the pain and all the agony. But wait patiently upon the Lord because God will come. Amen. God will make a way. God will supply help. God will supply strength in your problem and in your situation. Jesus Christ, our supreme sacrifice and our supreme example, lived in this world, suffered the things that we suffer today, the heartache, the grief, the, the agony of being rejected. Amen. He suffered uh, disgrace and as they hang him naked upon the cross. And death, he suffered uh, death. But he also had patience and he had compassion and he had forgiveness. He even went so far as to pray in the Garden of Gethsemane and say, if possible, Allow this cup to pass from me. But nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. Not the will of the flesh. This was not the Son crying out to another God. But it was the flesh crying out to the Spirit and saying, not my will, not this fleshly will and this fleshly desire, but the Spirit's will. Amen. It's not my will, but thine be done. So we have, we must be to the place that we are able to accept sorrow as Christ and be patient in such. We should also be patient in sorrow. We should endure trials. We should endure trouble. We should endure testing. We should endure this the same as Jesus endured. Amen. When we come to God, when we come to God, there is certain trials that we are going to face 
because we are a child of God. There is certain ridicule that we will face because we are giving our life to God. I do not understand why everyone would not be excited when someone is trying to give their life to God. But they are not. There are those in the world that will ridicule you. There are those in the world that will talk about you. There are those in the world that will make light of your commitment. These are trials. These are troubles. These are tests that we are going to face. In all that Jesus did, they still rejected Him. Some of those who He healed, some of those who He raised up, some of those who He fed as He blessed the food there were some of the same ones that were standing in the crowd saying, Crucify Him. We don't want anything to do with this man. Take Him to Calvary. Nail Him to a tree. Take His life. Pilate was saying, what has this just man done? They say, we don't want anything to do with him. So they will reject you also. There are those who will try to encourage you not to give your life wholly to God. There are those who will make fun of the way that you dress. There are those who will make fun of the way that you conduct yourself. There are those who make fun of you because you don't drink, smoke, lie, cheat, or cuss. There are those who will make fun of you because you won't run around on your spouse. There are those who will make fun of you because you go to church faithfully. There are those who will make fun of you because you give in the offering and you pay your tithes. There are those who will ridicule you because you have found a love for God that they cannot understand. Amen. But I tell you today, suffer these things and this sorrow with patience. Be patient with those who ridicule you. Be patient with those who revile you. Be patient with those who make fun of you. Be patient with those who try to get you to turn around. Amen. But have your mind set like a flint that I am totally sold out to God. That nobody is going to change my mind. Nobody is going to turn me around because I have got a made up mind. And when you think that you can't go any further, stay patient with God and God will come on the scene. And God will make a way where there seemeth to be no way. Ephesians chapter 4 verse number 32 and be ye kind one to another. Tender hearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake had forgiven you. There'll be times when those of your friends will ridicule you, but be tender hearted, forgiving one another. In your patience and sorrow, Find a forgiving spirit. Be tender-hearted. Be merciful. Don't ever get hard-hearted. Amen. Have you ever seen someone that was hard-hearted and they didn't have any mercy? They didn't have any forgiveness? If something happened, they remembered it until they died? 
They took it to their grave holding on to bitterness, holding on to strife, holding on to something that was done by someone else, to someone else, and bless God, I'm never going to forget it. Amen. Be patient, be tender-hearted, and be forgiving. If there are things in your life today that you have against a brother, against a sister, you've got to be forgiving. Amen. You can't go to heaven with bitterness in your heart. Amen. I don't care if they've done you wrong. I don't care if they owe you money and never intend to repay you. You've still got to forgive. That was weak right there. You've still got to forgive. That's a little bit better. That's about 40%. To the other 60%, you've still got to forgive. Amen. Praise God. Patience in success. Amen. Sometimes success goes to people's head. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse number 1, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us. And let us run this race with patience. Amen. It's not a sprint. It's not a, it's not a hundred yard dash. But this race that we have started in is a race of endurance. There's sometimes you just have to endure in living for God. There's sometimes you just have to keep on keeping on in living for God. There is times where everything is not going to go your way in living for God. There's times that you're going to have heartache in living for God. And then there is times when we need patience in attaining success. We think that success should come overnight. Amen. Saints of God that are just starting in this endeavor and this great journey of living for God and serving God. You're not going to be perfect overnight. God has been working on a lot of us longer than that. Some he's been working on 50 and 60 years and still has not got us to the place of being perfect. And so you that may be looking at one another and judging one another's ability to be perfect, I encourage you to look in the mirror first and find areas in your own life that you can work on, that you can perfect. Because we will find it that it will keep us busy working on our own faults 
And we won't have time to work on everybody else's problems. I don't know about you, but i got a lot of problems of my own. Amen. And you will find that you'll have a lot of problems on your own. When you look in the mirror, you're not looking at that perfect person. Amen. But you're looking at a work, God's creation, God's work that He has to work on, that He has to move in the direction that He wants it to be moved. Success will not come overnight. I look at a generation. A generation, and this is the third part of this message, patient in success. But moving to success, I look at a generation that wants success overnight. I, I look at <clears throat> things that, that used to, uh, when you would get a job and get married and move out of, or get a job, move out of your home, your mother's home, father's home and and get get your own place to live and start moving in a new realm of life i it you know it took time i i can remember i can remember you know trying to develop things trying to accomplish things and and uh i can remember the first time my mother come to see uh, my wife and myself, after we had got married, we were living in these apartments down here. They wasn't as nice as they are today, and uh, they had <clears throat> they had some things that was lacking. And uh, <clears throat> all of my neighbors wasn't the best neighbors in the world, and they didn't like to pick up the trash in the yard. They just seemed to dump it on their front doorstep. And uh, the, the people would come and spray, exterminators would come and spray for the roaches. And, and uh, <clears throat> we would try to run them out of our house into everybody else's house. And I can remember my mother coming to, to see us. And she sat in the, the parking lot and cried because of where we were living. Man, I was just as happy as a dead pig in the sunshine. Amen. I was married. Man, I thought I had the, the tiger and uh, the tiger of life uh, and, and, and uh, on my way to great success and everything was lovely. And I, what in the world's wrong with you? And, and the man, we painted it and we decorated it. I can remember us painting and decorating with ducks and country blue. Now, some of you still have them. I'm sorry, but that's a little outdated. It was outdated when we was decorating with it. We had ducks and country blue because that's what my mother had just gotten rid of. And we, we painted everything country blue and off-white. And uh, I can remember buying my first table. Man, I scraped up enough money, $261. I bought my first table. And my wife wanted to give it away not too long ago. I said, you're not giving that table away. That's the first thing I ever bought for his house furniture. We're going to keep that a while. And uh, I, I can remember, you know, and, and man, I, I was just happy because I, I was just excited about my new life and, and uh, my new wife. 
And uh, so my mother didn't look at it that way because I had left a, a five-bedroom home that was very nice. And um, I got rid of my Corvette and got a Chevette. You know, got a, a little pickup truck. And uh, I look back on it. It might have been silly, but... <laughs> But anyway, I hope my wife's not listening this morning. But I, I, I can remember that, and man, I, I was, I was excited. But I, I look at a society that thinks today we have to have the very best right now. We don't have patience. We've got to have the best car, so we go sign ourselves into debt, and we've got to have the best house. That's the reason why a lot of these crises is going on across this country today. Instead of people developing into the place that they need to be before they purchase things that they can't afford. Life and society has made it very, very feasible and very available. I can remember when I bought my second house, my uh, the one that I bought from my father-in-law, I was calling to get financing and I was talking to the people on the phone. They said, well, how much are you giving for it? And I told them. They said, well, would you like to borrow an extra 100000 on it? I said, no. It's not worth that much. Oh, yeah, we can loan you this much. We can give, oh, man, and you can do this with it and you can do that with it. I said, you know, I'm going to have to pay that back. I can pay back this much, but I can't pay back that much. So instead of moving into areas that I could not afford, you have to have patience. Uh, you didn't know you was going to get a lesson in life. But anyway, these things, see, these things make it difficult in being successful and living for God. Because these things bring on stress in our life that is unnecessary. In, in marriage, it brings on tension that is unnecessary. When you get to where you can't pay the bills, brother, you get mad at everybody. Uh, <laughs> Lord, it's quiet this morning. I hope all you quiet folks is enjoying this service. I, I tell you what, we're going to have to get loose around here tonight. But I, I just feel like God just gave me something, maybe helped somebody a little bit in living for God. I can remember a story that I heard about one preacher, and I'm not going to get through, so i got two more pages. Don't, don't sweat. I'm not going to even try to get through. But I can remember a story that, because a lot of this wasn't in my notes, but just going on as, as I go, these things grow. Uh, he told a story about having this young preacher there with him, or the young preacher was telling it about this elderly preacher. He said he went and spent some time, I guess he was preaching for this man, and he went and spent some time. In fact, this is where the inspiration for uh, When God Unfolds a Rose, the song came from, was off of a message that this man preached called Let It Unfold. And uh, he said that he was spending some time with this preacher and said he got up in the morning and he said, come on, it's time to go. So he gets this other preacher up and they walk outside. He said, where are we going? He said, we're going out to tag in. And he said, what do you mean going out to tag in? And they went out 
And he had this pole in the front yard and he slapped that pole. And he told that other preacher, he said, slap that pole. So he, out of obedience, slapped the pole. He said, okay. He said, we tagged in. We're ready for the day. So they went on about their daily activities. He said, there's, there's three things that a man needs. He said, you need a good pair of shoes, you need a good bed, and you need a good car. He said, because if you're, if you're not in your bed, you're in your shoes, or you're in your car. So you're going to be in one of those three all through the day, either in your car, in your shoes, or in your bed. So you need those three. These are some good things of wisdom. So these, these three things a man needs in his life, and a woman needs in her life. And so they tagged in and he goes outside and he's got this beautiful home and he's got this beautiful pasture and a nice gate. And he looks at that gate and he looks at that preacher. And uh, I've, I've shared this with some of the ones in marriage counseling, premarital counseling. And he looks at that preacher and he said, you see that gate? And he said, yes, sir. He said, it takes a long time to get a gate. That guy's looking and said, it takes a long time to get a gate. And he's trying to figure out what this man is talking about. And he said, you see that fence? He said, that fence around that property? He said, it takes a long time to get a fence. He said, at the, that particular time in his life, he didn't understand exactly what this man was trying to tell him. But as he grew older, he realized, you don't get a gate overnight. You don't get property overnight. You don't get a fence overnight. You don't get a nice house overnight. You don't get a fluffy bank account overnight. You don't build a retirement overnight. But you have to have patience and work diligently to receive the things that you are desiring. Patience. Don't let me give this younger generation some... See, you think I'm old. I'm really not old, but I can speak to you now as a younger generation. This younger generation, some advice. When they send you those things in the mail that says, instant credit, no credit check. You tear that up in little bitty pieces and throw that thing in the trash because you will be spending money that you don't have and can't afford to pay back at 21% interest. And that adds up quick. My daddy always said, and I, I've, I've said it many times, the most detrimental thing that a young couple can do is get credit cards. Because it's instantly things that we want overnight. Instant success. And we are living in a give me society. Give me. Let's do, let's do. Let's go. Let's go to Outback and spend sixty bucks on a meal. Let's let's go. Let's go here and do that. Man, we got. We don't have any cash, but we got the credit. And before you know it, you don't have cash or credit. That I promise you, that ain't in my notes. And some of you may not enjoy that, but these things cause problems in life. Amen. Trouble. Trouble. So be patient in attaining success. Amen. Wait. 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 
and let God fulfill the things in your life. It doesn't matter what the Joneses have. Man, I feel like I, I just I feel like I'm in the will of the Lord today. You you may not think so, but it doesn't matter what the Smiths have. If the Smiths, Joneses, um, Coopers, Loopers, Bloopers, what whatever, it doesn't matter what they have. You focus on your ability. Let things come to you. Amen. Let things evolve in your life. Give your time, give yourself time to get above the things. Amen. Prepare for a rainy day. Most people today are living from paycheck to paycheck. If we miss a paycheck, we're in trouble. Get above and look at things. Think about things. Don't let man, I tell you what, maybe I'm not old enough to preach like this, but don't let high pressure talk you into doing something you don't need to do. Financially or spiritually. Everybody's doing it. Man, look at... I can remember... My wife gets mad at me when we go bar shopping because I like to haggle with those guys. I might find the one I want and wait two weeks before I go by. Just let them call me and bug me and torment me a while because I get a kick out of it. My wife, the first time I carry her, she's ready to buy right now. That's the reason why she gets so, so much trouble in Dillard's. <laughs> I'll look at things and ponder it and kick it around and think about it and walk around. And, and uh, that's just me. That's my nature. I like, I like to wait. I said, after you buy it, the fun is gone. Enjoy the fun of buying. But I, I remember I was trying, and I told you this before, some of you probably already forgot, but I was trying to buy a car for my daughter. And... Um, I went down to this place and I was talking to the sales manager there and uh, we was trying to work up a deal and he, he comes out with a deal. Well, my daughter had already decided that this is not really what she wanted, so I was just trying to find a way to get out of the shop. And this guy was going on with, he was trying to high pressure me into buying a car that she didn't want that was too expensive anyway and I wasn't really wanting to buy it. Even if she would want it, I wasn't going to buy it. I didn't tell her that at the time, but I wasn't going to buy it. And so I was in there trying to find a way to exit the building, and this guy looks at me, he said, well, you're old enough to make up your own mind. I said, you right about that. He said, you got to be 45. I said, you wrong about that. And uh, so at the time, I was a little bit younger than that. And uh, so he says, I know what it is. You've got to go ask your wife. I got a little ticked off to say the least. And um, something, you know what something told me inside? Something said, you are just buy it. Just show him you can buy it. 
And something on the other side of that brain said, stupid, get out of here. And so thankful I, thankfully I listened. But, but let, me tell you, let me tell you men something right here. I might cross your theories. But it's not a bad thing that when you are going to make an investment such as a large investment, vehicles, homes, motorcycles, four-wheelers, <laughs> Brother Cooper said, I done gone to meddling now. All of these things, it's not, it's not making you less than a man to sit down and have a conversation and say, look, you know, where are we at here? Let's discuss some things. Because she might have a credit card bill you don't know about. <laughs> Hopefully not, but just possibly. There might be some things going on that, that, that in the future you, you might not be seeing right now because you got stars in your eyes. You ever bought something on the way home? My mother had a buying demon. I'm telling you, she had a demon inside of her that drove her to buy things. Now you think I'm crazy. I'm not crazy. I'm telling the truth and I lie not. She would go to Dillard's and buy hundreds of dollars worth of clothes. Pack them up in her car. Take them home and go through them. Put them back in her car. Take them back to Dillard's and get her money back. Because she had to satisfy that buying demon. Now naturally she didn't take all of them back, but she would take gobs of them back. And just, well I just decided I didn't want it. Why? Because it just the thrill. Hey, that's... The thrill. And we get stars in our eyes. Man, I can have this for the low payment of $159.99 a month for the rest of your life. You ever listen to that real fast talk at the end of those lovely commercials? 21.9% interest the rest of your life. Pay it every month. Don't be late. If you're late, it goes up to 45% interest. Uh, I can't talk like those people talk, but they talk awful fast, and the fast is what you need to hear. And so it's not, it's not making you less of a person or less authority. Man, I don't know why I'm preaching about this this morning. But think about things. Take time. Don't let high pressure pressure you into doing things financially or doing things spiritually. You get with the wrong crowd spiritually. Oh, everybody's doing it. I know brother so-and-so, he did it. Sister so-and-so, they do it. So you might as well. You're pressured into doing things you wouldn't normally do because of who you are with and where you are at. Amen. Patience in attaining success. Overconfidence and overworked are areas to avoid. I'm probably going to stop right here on this one. We want so many things 
that we sacrifice so much to get so little. Amen. I believe in a good work ethic. I believe that, that you ought to work to try to, to have things and provide for your family. But sometimes our work, you have those who don't want to work and you have those that just can't quit working. Sometimes we take away from things that are necessary to build castles in the sand. Amen. God has gave us responsibility to our family. Amen. Men, listen at me. It is your responsibility not only to be the financial provider, but it is your responsibility to be the spiritual provider. It is the responsibility of yours to teach your children how to live, how to conduct themselves. You know the reason why? Oh, don't get too upset at me now. You know the reason why we have so many unruly children and so many children misbehaving and disrespectful to parents and disrespectful to teachers and disrespectful to any type of authority. It's because we have mothers and daddies that are gone all the time and when they are home, they are too tired and don't have time to take care of their children. And I know we are living in a society that it takes a lot to live and and some people don't have a choice in the matter, but both husband and wife working. But when we come home, let's don't get so tired that we don't have time to take with our children and helping them put a puzzle together. Helping them learn how to write their name. Helping them learn how to read the Word of God. Helping them learn how to pray. Helping them that we are too tired to go to the house of God. Let's don't let it ever be said that I'm too tired from work that I can't take my family to church. Amen. We need a society that will spend more time with our family instructing on them in the things that are right, the things that are pure, the things that are holy, the things that are just more than the things and the pleasures of this world that we love to enjoy. Amen. Amen. Spending time learning, teaching a young boy how to shoot a gun or how to go deer hunting or how to tie on a hook or how to catch a fish or how to do something mechanical. It's far more important than you driving a new four-wheel drive pickup. More important than a new four-wheeler. More important than a new boat. If you have to sacrifice one, sacrifice the things, not your children. And we want to wonder, why did they take time with the, with the drug pusher? Man, 
It's because too busy. I can remember a dad one time his he had promised his son that the evening when he come in and I, I'm, I'm as guilty of some of this as, as you are today. I'm preaching to myself too. I try to be the best that I can be. Contrary to public opinion, opinions, preachers and preachers' wives are extremely busy. And he told his son, he said, tomorrow evening, and I'm, I'm going to quit. I know I've been up here a while. Get ready to play. I don't know what you can play, what you can sing, what you can say. But... Try to do something. He said, tomorrow evening when I come in, we'll play baseball. Have your glove, have your bat, have your ball ready. We'll play baseball when I come in. The little boy got his glove. This is a true story. Got his baseball bat and got his ball. Sitting down on the doorstep. Five o'clock in the evening, his dad did not come home. Six o'clock, he's sitting there waiting on his dad. This is a family that has everything. Seven o'clock, he's waiting. That evening, late, his dad comes through the door and he says, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I got busy with things on the job. He said, but i tell you what I'll do. He said, I'm not going to be able to be here this week, but I'm going to hire somebody to come play baseball with you. Daddy's listening. Mama's listening. You can't hire anybody to take your place. You can't hire anybody to take your place. You can't hire, speaking on the spiritual side of this, you can't hire the preacher or Sunday school teacher to teach your children exactly what they need to know about God. There's some responsibilities that God has given us as parents. Have patience. Have patience. Don't try to push so hard for success and status symbols in life that we forget the most important thing. And that's what God has placed in our hands. I love my kids. Could I have a lot more things if I didn't have them? Yes, I could. But would I trade them for anything that this world has? No, I would not. What God has placed in my hand, I want to do the very best that I can to show them the things that God wants me to show them. None of this, I promise you, you can look at my notes today, none of this was in my notes. I just, I felt like talking to the church today. I don't, I don't know. 
I believe it was Martha. She said, Jesus, tell Mary to get up and help me. He said, you're troubled about many things. Mary has chosen that good thing. Taking care of the spiritual things. So, patience and suffering, patience and sorrow. And then, let's have patience for success. Don't get in a hurry. Don't push things before it's time. Let it unfold. Let it unfold. Let's all stand, right? God, we love You today. We worship You today. We magnify You today, God. I know, Savior, this has been extremely different. God, but I've tried my best to follow after the leading of the Holy Ghost. I pray, God, that You touch someone's soul in here today. I know, God, that You're talking to someone. I know, God, that You're trying to help someone. That You're trying to give someone direction and someone help today. Let's pray together, church. God, I pray that You work right now. I pray, God, that You go with us through this day, that You speak to our hearts, that You speak to our souls, God, that You would move in our lives, that You would give us patience in our life, God. Help us, Lord, in our sufferings. Help us, Lord, in our sorrow. Help us, Lord, in our successes. God, that we would be patient God, in our walk, in our dedication and consecration to You. God, help us today to be the people that we need to be. And everybody said, Amen. Hallelujah. If they'd sing right now. Oh, hallelujah. If we can walk with the Lord today. Please don't ever leave me. Oh, don't leave me alone, oh God. But help me today. Would you slip your hands up toward heaven right now? What would I do without God? Oh, I could never make it without you, God. I could never survive without you, God. I'm nothing without you, God. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Let me walk with you, Lord. I tell you today, Jesus is just a prayer away. Just slip your hands up to Him. Tell Him that you need Him. Ask Him for His help and His direction today, oh God. In Your precious name. Hallelujah, I need you, Lord. I need you, Lord. Oh, don't ever leave me alone, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Remember, church.